it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, it's baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Our time's calling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. There's a thousand words that I could say To tell you suck out, yeah Seems as if logic has gone away And left you alone Mm. I remember when you stepped to me That was really strange Mm. Maybe you were too blind to see I'd beat your ass in some change Was it something I said to make you run away? Did I drag you and leave you cold? If you could just find a way To get some tweeters to back you right here Right now You've been sitting there Can't get me off your mind I cussed you out and showed you how you were wrong You've got yourself to blame Sending rudeness round my way And the truth remains Your edges are gone They're gone Baby, they are gone (laughs) Girl, they're gone (laughs) Woo! Woo! I know that what? No, that that one fucking Hall of Fame, mate. Hall of Fame. That's that's where that one belongs. Wow. I really and the notes. Did you catch the? Nah, nah, Kalechi. Woo. That I'm proud of me. Proud of me. Fucking hell. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, it is I, Kalechi. Don't ever fucking call me that. It's me, Kalechi. Um, <laughs> welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. And I am back. Thank you to everybody who was sending well wishes and lovely messages um, to my mum regarding the Jalof Worms incident. But, you know, that's that's all put to the side now. We move. Um, yeah, I'm really glad to be here to be making another episode and recording this after my run. Um, just feeling iry, feeling great. Just, it is what it is. I always feel great after my run. And I feel like my pussy doesn't ache as much anymore. Like sometimes I look at Lev and I just think, wow, I pushed out an entire human being out of my vagina. Fuck. Fuck. Um, Yeah. And so for a while, obviously with everything, you know, coming back together, it would throb when I would go out running. It just felt so achy. Uh, But now, no, I'm now I'm feeling, you know, even more like, um, I wouldn't say like myself, but yeah, I'm feeling more like myself. So while people are, you know, wanting to focus a lot on your, your body's this, your belly's this, you know, like, oh, you're looking so great. For me, I just want to, my pussy to feel intact, pussy intact, 
No, no, sorry. Just, yeah, just, just to tight in fact. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, just, just to feel like myself again. That's all, you know, and it's feeling that way. So it was nice to go for a run. I've been focusing on, you know, core training and, um, you know, um, my, uh, you know, pelvic muscle exercises, making sure I'm doing all of those things. And I'm just thankful that I qualified as an antenatal and postnatal, um, you know, fitness professional, because all those years ago, I got that qualification. It's come in so handy, but more so for myself. So I could devise a training program that works for me specifically and takes into account how my body's feeling and actually going through the process of pregnancy. It's made me so much more informed. I don't think I'll do anything with it professionally in terms of rolling out a service because I personally feel like I have done enough, but if I were to, I just, I feel like I've got even more of a knowledge now. I don't know if I'll go back to personal training. I don't really feel like I want to train other people. It's a lot of energy. Um, and I would probably charge too much. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. But all I'm saying is I feel good and I feel good, good, good. Yeah. So yeah, feel good. And just glad to be recording this. But I would say though, that what pisses me off is that certain things about pregnancy and postpartum are not discussed enough. Like fam, nobody wants to sit down and talk about what even happens with your periods and everything after the postpartum, you know, during postpartum rather. So um, now that Lev is having more solid foods, and stuff. I'm noticing that my um, periods are just going haywire because my hormones are going haywire. Cause it's like, Oh wait, what's she doing? She's not feeding him as much. Cause he, you know, he's eating other bits. What's happening here. Whee! So that takes getting used to as well. There's just so much happening. And I just sit there doing research, getting notes together. So should anyone need it? Because I'm not one to give fucking unsolicited advice. Like some of you motherfuckers like to do. Um, I will impart what I've learned should they uh, ask for it because more needs to be done, honestly, and more of a conversation needs to happen about it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. That's so off tangent, but I just, yeah, needed to say it. So, anyway, I'm going to just fire through this episode. I know some of you will be like, Kalechi, why was it less than an hour long? Um, and I'm sorry, I don't want it to be less than an hour long. I hope this is like an hour and two minutes. Who knows? But I need to get back to watching Little Fires Everywhere, okay? Because Reese Witherspoon, when I tell you she was giving me actor, she was giving me actress. That woman can fucking act because I hate Elena. Like, I hate her character. Same with um, Kerry Washington, who plays Mia. Both of them are busybodies, and I love that um, kind of mirroring that we have of them. Yes, one's a black woman and one's a white woman, but there are so many things that so many tensions and so many conflicts that are taking place in their lives. And so many flaws that, are, you know, or perceived flaws that we could like interrogate uh, and explore. I just love it. I love it. Little fires everywhere. Fucking banger. Absolutely brilliantly written. Like I love a good a good series, you know, like a good, well-written series. Fucking hell. It can do so much to you. Like I just, oof. Um, I think it's only eight episodes and I'm, I've just watched episode 
four. Yeah, I've just finished episode four. So I've got four more episodes and I just really want to take my time. My brother's trying to rush me because he wants to discuss it because he's watched all eight episodes, but I'm, I'm going to take my time. I'm saying I'm going to take my time. I might finish watching it before this podcast even comes out on Monday. But that is just superb acting, superb writing, superb directing. Just it's very, very well done. And I'm I'm really loving it. So I just want to get back to that, really. So I'm just going to do this and go about my business, to be honest. I just wanted to make sure that I'm getting this out there to you, man. One thing I will say, though, you know, um, I really enjoy running with music. I'm just going back onto my music subject and um, well, running subject. I do enjoy running with music. But recently, well, a few times I've like listened to podcasts. The only podcast before I could really listen to while running was Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. But weirdly enough, I haven't listened in ages. I haven't listened to the podcast. I haven't finished, you know, where I was before. Um, Esther Perel. I don't know why I did that with her name. But anyway, um, Esther Perel, I was listening to um, Where Should We Begin? And even that I haven't finished. I don't know. I've just needed space in my head for my thoughts. So I haven't really like gone and delved, especially not white women, to be honest. I haven't gone like my, like my usual people that I would really enjoy their content in terms of like what they speak about and stuff. I haven't listened to podcasts. I haven't watched things. I just haven't wanted to know. I just needed the space in my head for me because I need to use this time to check in with myself. So I haven't done that. But when I went for my run today, I listened to the Receipts VAT episode because they've got an extra episode out now um, every week. So so you get two. Boop, boop. So I was listening to that with Dottie. And when I tell you I was laughing like a dickhead while I was running, it was such a weird sensation to have my earphones in and to be running. And actually, I my pace was beautiful today. And I think my pace was beautiful today because I was listening to something that allowed my body to relax. Like, so I was laughing. So I was more relaxed in my body. So then the mechanism, like the biomechanism and that takes place when your legs are moving, your heart's pumping, your lungs are working, everything's working um, together in this kind of beautiful synergy. I was running so smoothly because I wasn't, and yeah, I wasn't focused on, you know, like usually I listen to music and I love my uh, playlist, but I do know that, you know, this is happening. Whereas this one, I was so relaxed and I was just laughing. Like I, For me, it was just funny. Like the, the episode was just really, really funny. So I'm laughing like a dickhead as I'm walking, running over um, old, through Old Street and Shoreditch and all of them things. Then it was really, really nice. And I, it was, when it finished, I was just like, oh, I've still got like, two miles to go. What? I mean, so then I listened to music for the other two miles. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, it was really brilliant. It was really, really brilliantly done. I really enjoyed that. So yeah, I just wanted to share that with you anyway, on to the, uh, the tarot for this week, which is really, really interesting actually. Well, it's always interesting. First card that came out the chariot major arcana card, which is telling me that shit's about to get back in action. Things are about to pick up speed. Things are about to pick up speed celestially, um, you know, things are going to get moving again. I don't know how that will be physically reflected in terms of um, what we're seeing um, in our societies at the moment and in the areas that we live in. But definitely something is happening where it's just like, you know, the little pause that you had, baby girl, 
time to get back into action. So a lot of us are gearing up and I guess that we are seeing it in different places around the world. Like that motherfucker that's orange and he has his little lace front wig that um, is based in America, won't be calling him a president. He um, is opening up different states and, you know, the governors um, of different states are opening up places as well. And I just find that rather interesting that they're opening up places. I feel rather prematurely and mostly because, you know, there are these um, white people who are like, I want, I want to cut my hair. I I don't want to stay inside anymore. And they're only doing that because they've been told that it's black and brown people that are disproportionately dying from COVID-19. Well, I don't care about those niggers. I want to get outside and I want to see Patty Sue. So them men want to see Patty Sue. So they don't want to stay inside their house anymore. So we're seeing that a lot of things are gearing back up. Therefore, some of us aren't going to really be able to maybe stay back from it in the way that we'd like because you know once you once the government's like well everyone needs to get back to what they were doing and we're opening up here and we're opening up there then you're required to go back into these places aren't you because then they're like well fam we're not paying you if you're not coming back in so what that's led to i guess is the next card in is uh, which is the two of wands and um, I'm using the Lisa Style uh, Modern Witch Tarot deck, by the way, which is very, very beautiful, as I keep telling you. So the two of ones, we've got a black lady with um, a beautiful headscarf on and everything about it's just sunny, beautiful vibes. And she's just looking over this really nice light blue um, sea. And she's got a phone in her right hand and she's got a, one of the ones of the two of ones. She's got one of the ones in her left hand. So what I'm getting from this is that now some of us are having to re-examine um, the uh, our paths in life and our aspirations, because if you are being told, well, now you need to get back and be doing things, I think that during the time of, you know, this lockdown and, you know, I still feel like it will continue in its some variation for the rest of the year and after. But as we know it now, these measures that are in place might start to ease slightly. And when they do, people have garnered certain skills and whatever during um, this lockdown. And so now they're looking at life a bit differently. And then they're thinking, well, what do I actually want? What I want to explore. Maybe some of you want to travel. I know a lot of people want to travel, but travel in terms of maybe moving somewhere else, considering a new life path. There are so many aspects to this. And, and, how they interact also with social media, because I feel like some people would have really shown their asses during this time. And so you're reconfiguring where you're channeling your attention and you're curating your feed and the things that you consume in a much better way. So now that things are gearing back up, you're going to be putting into action the things that you've learned during this lockdown. That's what I'm getting anyway. And what strengthens that, um, viewpoint or that feeling that I have is because the next card card is another major arcana card and it's the judgment card. It's funny because the judgment card has, you know, the St. George's cross, as I would call it. And I'm just thinking about, um, David Lammy, who was like, I'm an Englishman. <laughs> You're an Englishman. And then all the, I'm not racist, but I want you to get out of my country. They came into your mentions and they told you about your club. Yeah. There you go. Because uh, I, I feel like 
Englishness um, has become so intimately linked. Even as Jay Bentle, she's wonderful. She was pointing it out. The ethno-nationalism has changed the way that we interact with the St. George's Cross, you know, the flag, the one, the white one with the red cross. We interact with it differently now because it's being used as a symbol of hate. So I wouldn't necessarily consider, I wouldn't consider myself English full stop. I could say I'm British, like a British citizen, but English has now become, you know, seen as an ethnicity is an ethnicity that's how it's seen it's being taken in that way so it's going to be weird for me to call myself black english it's just weird but i can be black british you get me because that's my citizenship and i i can fit in that um identity but yeah it's it's it was just interesting but yeah i was thinking about that and he definitely got judged for that and he definitely got dragged for that um that was interesting but back to the judgment card anyway now the moment has arrived for a lot of people to awaken from their slumber. Some people have just been like chilling, resting. And, and some people, um, that slumber that we're talking about is the more emotional or spiritual one. Now we're being asked to wake up. You've had, you've learned so much during this moment of, um, you know, um, stillness, I would call it this moment of just everything stopping. You've learned a lot from it and therefore life cannot continue the way that it was. You now have choices to make about how you go forward, how we all go forward. And that's what the two of one's energy is in between the chariot and the judgment card is there as a way of like, would you are what is in the way now is you that will be used to move life forward in the way that it needs to go like for all of us as a community as a global community it's us as the individual that stands in the middle of the chariot and the judgment card we are the ones that move all of this to the next stage we are the ones that take ourselves collectively to the next level we must evolve after this we cannot stay the way that things were it's not working for any of us and we know that and the next card after that is the Knight of Pentacles. So another, so it's like we've got Major Arcana, Minor Arcana, Major Arcana, Knight, Minor Arcana. So we're back to the Minor Arcana with the Knight of Pentacles in reverse. And the reason I feel like it's in reverse is because when it's upright, we're thinking about an opportunity that's coming to you and it's slow in coming because things need to be prepared before it arrives. Now, this card is saying that those things that were waiting for you, those opportunities, possibly things that will even move your career to the next level, if it's a career thing that we're thinking about but I do get that energy like all of this feels like the things that we're doing actions and and work and and life the if it's a career change and all of those things they it's now going to just come you know at a quicker speed it was being held up before because of all of these things that were happening but you might find yourself doing something slightly different creatively than you were doing before because you're now informed differently you've had time to explore different aspects of yourself and the world around you so when those opportunities come through they now have space to be utilized in the best possible way in the optimal way because you are better prepared for them now you are more connected to self now in order to make the most of the opportunities. So that's that card. And then the say your mind affirmation card that came out is my genitalia is moisturized and I behave as such. Ashy people do ashy things. We know that, <coughs> Shardine. Um, when your body is soft and supple, you move through the world with ease and see the world gleaming with greatness like your body. And that's true, you know. Ashy people really do 
ashy things and we aren't ashy people. I I hope that most people who listen to this podcast aren't ashy and they take the moisturizing themselves and their spirits seriously because otherwise this is a no-go zone for you, boo. But yeah, it's important to move through the world um, and see the world as gleaming, but seeing the world anew. And this is the mess, like this is the major message that we're getting from the Lisa Star deck anyway, that it's now time, like the two of wands, to look ahead and see the world as um, anew and see the new opportunities that are available to us and really shine our eye and know that we can make it through anything that is put in our way. Um, so yeah, it's the next card is from the Marcella Kroll uh, Oracle deck. And it's funny because I tried to put it back. I didn't think that it was the card for us, but no, it came back out again. I was like, sorry, spirit guides. I'm so sorry. I don't want no problems. I'm so sorry. So that's the card that we've got today. And it's transmute number 44. And that's interesting. I'm not using the book today because I've read this one out before, I think. Anyway, but the reason I'm not using the book for this one particularly just happened by chance, but it's also to just um, say that it's just heightening the message and affirming the message that this is a time of taking everything we've learned and get ready to use it. Get ready to use it. Anything that we've seen, um, all of that, get ready to use it because things are about to pick up speed again. And I don't know in terms of time because the celestial realm, they're very funny with time. Like something that they're like, it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. Fam, it happens two years later, but time doesn't work for them the way that time works for us. But all I'm seeing is that things are about to pick up pace very soon. And we need to be prepared to use all the things that we've learned about ourselves and about the world around us, implement it in a way that serves our community best. Like that is what we are being asked to do. The next card is from the uh, Messages from Your Angels um, card deck by Doreen Virtue. And the angel that came out today is Angel Shanti. And it says, I am the angel of peace. I bring you new tranquility and a smoother road ahead. So I'm just going to see what it says here for Angel Shanti. It's always good to know your alphabet because this is in alphabetical order. So here we go. Um, the additional message is you have been through turmoil and your soul is tired. Your mind craves peace and quiet. And I'm here to help you with that desire. I will give you new opportunities to spend time alone where you can relax your mind and heart. I will bring tranquility to your soul so that you can mirror the peace of mind. That is your true divine nature. Like the angels are, um, like the angels, you are able to hover within the eye of any hurricanes that may swirl around you right now. Through breath and intention, you can stay centered no matter what's happening in your life. This inner foundation of peace has a powerful healing effect. Your outer life soon reflects your inner peacefulness. Smooth roads are ahead of you and the worst is behind you now. A peaceful outcome to this situation is assured. Amen. Thank you, Shanti, babe. Um, you know, I don't even need to add anything to that. The message is clear, I beg, you know. So yeah, that's that for the tarot. So I guess I will move into Share Your Magnificence. I've only got one Share Your Magnificence this week. My Share Your Magnificence is the 60-year-old, um, 68-year-old Nigerian woman who recently um, gave birth uh, through IVF. 
The reason I chose this one, it just randomly popped up on my timeline, but I, I felt called to share it. It's because... Um, a lot of people, um, a lot of birthing people, my worry, because people throw around this whole like body clock thing and yes, body clocks and whatever else. And there are, there are things that biologically are, you know, factual, right. But I think that sometimes these things are used and weaponized in a way that puts undue pressure on, um, in this case, I would say it puts undue pressure on cisgendered women, um, I do, I I would love to discuss this with trans women if they feel um, they the same way. But I, in terms of looking at the society and how um, it operates in the heteronormative sense that we that that everyone has these usual conversations, cisgendered women are often reminded like, oh well, you know, cishet. Um, women, I would usually remind, oh, you're, you know, your clock's slowing down. Nobody's going to want you. Your eggs are rotten and you're not going to have a baby. And, you know, that just so much pressure. You have to have that baby by this age. You have to do this. You have to do that. And while obviously I know that IVF and all of these things are um, privileges and you, you, you'd have to be in a financial situation to make that happen. I just really, to be honest, I just liked the story. I just liked the fact that this 68 year old woman had always wanted a child. She'd always wanted the child and now she has the child. Now, yes, we could have a discussion about, well, you know, you're 68 years old, you and your husband, how are you going to, you know, are you going to be able to look after this child? You know, by the time the um, baby's I think they had twins. Yeah, they had twins. Um, so by the time the babies are like 10, you're 78. Like, what are we saying? But I would hope that they've made provisions for these babies, you know, with all of those things in mind. So anyway, it says here, a Nigerian woman has given birth to twins, a boy and a girl at the age of 68. Margaret Adenuga uh, went through three previous IVF procedures before finally having twins. Her husband, Noah Adenuga, 77, told CNN, the couple who married in 1974 had long desired to have children of their own. Fam, they married in 1974. It is 2020. You're watching Hollywood movies and the woman hasn't had a child in two years. And that evil mother, usually played by that actress, Patience, will come and say, she has not had a child. She is disrespecting this household. We must go and bring another woman from the village. Like, they won't even let you rest. But anyway... Adenuga said they never gave up even after the failed attempts. The retired stock auditor told um, CNN, I'm a dreamer and I was convinced this particular dream of ours will come to pass. The babies were delivered via cesarean section at 37 weeks last Tuesday at the Lagos University Teaching Hospital, but the hospital only recently made the news public to give the first time mother time to recuperate, it said. Um, Mr. Adeyemi Okunowo, Okunowo, we'll see. I don't know how, I can't see the accents, but yeah. Who delivered the babies told um, CNN, um, a specialist team was assembled at the hospital to monitor the pregnancy because of her age. As an elderly woman and a first time mother, it was a high risk pregnancy. And also because she uh, was going to have twins, but we were able to manage her pregnancy to term. Um, yeah, I just, I just love that. It said here that, um, the doctor said, even though older women are able to conceive through IVF, doctors must lay bare the medical risks associated with being pregnant at that age. Um, 
there are age-related medical complications that come with being pregnant at such at that age, such as the baby being born preterm. She's lucky that um, she's lucky, but many may succumb to other complications during or after having a baby. So I'm just happy for them. I'm just so happy for them. Like, you know, it's it's just nice. I don't even want to think about the other intricacies right now. They've wanted this since they got married in 1974. Like, you know, have your things. And it just goes to show that anything's possible, really. Anything's possible. And yeah, you know, some might say, oh, well, why hadn't they considered adoption and this and that? But this, this is what they wanted and that's what they wanted. So just happy for them. I don't know much about them. I just read that and I thought that that was wonderful. So I thought I'd share it with y'all. Um, it's just really cute. So that's on that. But anyway, um, moving on to So You Mad. But before I move on to So You Mad, I just wanted to big up this week's show sponsors who are Skillshare. So Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. You can explore new skills, deepen existing passions and get lost in creativity. So what I'm doing is I'm learning how to play the guitar. Yeah, not like Stormzy. Next year I'll learn how to play the guitar. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm playing the guitar because I've wanted to play the guitar for um, years. Like, I just feel like it's the instrument for me. Why? Because I'm a baby girl. Like, as you've seen from the intros, I'm a musical baby girl. <laughs> Lol. But no, I, I do find I love music so, so much. And I've always wanted to play the guitar because you can play music with it. And if people move mad, you can always smash the guitar on their heads. Not that I would advise that because if you love your guitar, you want to, you know, protect it and, and look after it. But it, the option is always there. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's it's wonderful in that way. But um, I had a guitar. A friend gifted me a guitar, like, I think over four years ago up yourself Yelena she gifted me it but it was left-handed or like the strings or whatever but I, I I was trying to teach myself and I just didn't get very far and then I had all my other interests and recently I'd say even during the pregnancy I kept feeling like oh you know I really want to take the time that I have to learn how to play the guitar so once Skillshare hollered at man I thought, what better time to learn how to play the guitar? So there's, um, you you get a membership and you can watch videos and they've got a fantastic community of people who like teach various things from creative writing to, you know, just bare things. And there's someone there that I found that teaches um, beginner's guitar. So I've got my guitar now, I've got Yamaha. So I can, I've got my guitar now and I can do what I'm doing. Um, so back to this anyway. So there are so many ways Skillshare memberships with meaning. Um, um, it's what's, let me just start that again. So there are so many ways that you can use your Skillshare membership, meaning it's valuable in this moment. So you've got a strong community aspect to it as well. So in times of hardship, you can just tap in and support fellow creatives who provide encouragement, communication, and inspiration. Um, so there's a number of topics, like I said, that you can watch and get involved with. Um, there's productivity, lifestyle, freelance and entrepreneurship, creative writing, film and video, graphic design, illustration, photography, uh, web development, marketing, marketing, animation, just bare things that you can check out. So they offer creative classes designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. It's always the right time to stay inspired. So express yourself and connect with a community of millions. You can settle your mind 
um, after saying your mind, if you're anxious, explore classes that may help you express what you're feeling through creative self-discovery. If you're uncertain about what's next, a creative challenge or productivity class may offer a helpful structure for setting small goals and feeling a fulfilling sense of accomplishment. So, um, you know, there is lots that you can do with, um, that you can do with this. Um, they operate, Skillshare operates a membership with meaning, meaning that they believe in a strong community, um, especially thinking that it's, it's like, it's essential in times like these, like of hardship. So you can learn drawing, writing and journaling classes, which can be great to kind of manage stress and or um, practice mindfulness and feel connected to one another. Um, I think there's, e- there's even interior design classes there as well. So you can rearrange your furniture if you've got the time, well, you do have the time. So, and you can move with purpose and get inspired with lots of things. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to really get into delve into my classes i've watched a couple of videos my first video was to learn how to tune my guitar so sorting that out um getting used to that but watch soon i'm just going to be playing bare music on here just just going strum strum and it will be because of skillshare they're uh, recommended there's classes at the moment that they would um, highly recommend and one of them that i think i'm going to take as well as my guitar one is the iphone filmmaking so you can create cinematic videos with your iPhone. And that's taught by Caleb, uh, Caleb Babcock and uh, Niles Gray from Moment. So I think I'm going to do that one because I've been wanting to make more sketches of like the things that I do, not just with Sally and HR, but like the other things that I do. So it'll be good for me to learn how to like make more things with my iPhone. Um, so yeah, that's that's why you should holler. Holler at them, man. Holler at Skillshare. And you can use my code or you can, you know, go and holler at them using skillshare.com forward slash straws. That's Skillshare, S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash straws, S-T-R-A-W-S, Skillshare.com forward slash straws. And you get two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com forward slash straws. So get involved. Anyway, moving on then to So You Mad, because there's been better... Just so much madness, so much madness this week, but I'm going to try to just keep it cute and yeah, keep it short. So my first is actually a letter that I'm going to go to. Where's this letter? Start here. It says here, white women and fake diversity. Hi, Kalechi. This letter is dedicated to all the women of colour constantly gaslighted by so-called white female allies. Recently, I encountered an experience with a senior director at an old workplace where she said, people shouldn't look for bias where it doesn't exist, which I confronted her about. She has continued to highlight that black women and diversity in the workplace is the least of our problems and that we should be focusing on girls who are less privileged, especially during a global pandemic, as she believes diversity shouldn't be a focus. What I've come to realise is that some white women are not actually for the cause and refuse to face their own prejudices like the feminist movement. They don't like having black voices in the discussion as they feel threatened and think we're just complaining. 
I'm honestly so sick of these women like her and Stacey Dooley who refuse to take a closer look at their ignorance as they think they're doing good work by helping young girls, but then gaslighting black women in the workplace. The hypocrisy is beyond me. Anyway, I needed to vent. I love your podcast. Thanks. Thank you, baby girl. Thank you. I I appreciate that. And I think that it's very, very true. I think that it's very, very true. Like the moment that you try to talk about anything to do with black womanhood within certain settings that say it's for, you know, discussing every aspect of womanhood, suddenly you're being divisive. Suddenly you're doing too much. And it's an uncomfortable conversation because I think um, white people have to then realize, white women especially have to realize the part that they play, the role that they play within this structure. And they don't want to have to do that. And it's so easy also to theorize that they'll say, oh yeah, you know, there are those other white women. I'm not like those other white women. Narcissist, you are, you are, you are just like them. You are just like them. You might be aware of your, um, shortcomings in the way that they're not, but you, you still are very much like them. And that's why I find so interesting again about little fires everywhere. Like they're not even sponsoring me, but I just find it so, so interesting because I feel like Elena is that kind of character. Like she wants to do things and you talk about womanhood in this way and that, but if you talk to her about the, um, intricacies of womanhood, the intersectionalities, even though that word just gets thrown about these days, she doesn't want to be hearing any of that. She doesn't want to do any of that. Even when she um, characterizes blackness and refers to crack addiction and things like that, I just really wanted to swing for her jaw. So I just, yeah, I think it's interesting the way that those things work and we'll go into more of that shortly. Um, I'll discuss that more shortly. I'm just seeing here what my next one is for So You Mad. Um, Yeah, so I saw a video being circulated of this young black boy being beaten by his dad, I think, because I don't know what, it's something to do with grades or school grades or something. And it just made me sad that first of all, as black people that we continue to share these videos, like, you know, circulate them online because it is trauma. It's traumatic for the person in the video. It's incredibly humiliating for the child in the video. Like fuck the father, but it's incredibly humiliating for the child in the video. And as people who have gone through that, like, why would you want to see that on your timeline? Like all the time. And also then people had a massive discussion about, oh, beating their child. Like, well, you know, I got beaten and I turned out. Okay. Did you? Did did you? Because (laughs) the way that you behave online, I wouldn't, I, okay is not the word I would use for, for, for you. And there are other people who are like, yeah, but you know, people have, um, behave in certain ways to suffer from anxiety, depression, and all of these things. And they weren't beaten at home. So, you know, can we prove that it's actually hitting a child that causes any of this, but how about we just don't hit the child? How about we just don't hit children and then we can focus on having this discussion that you're trying to clearly derail? Because yes, you can still have other traumatic experiences happen to you in life that then leads you to maybe having, um, you know, suffering from depression and anxiety and then those things. But we can more so guarantee that if you've been hit, that is also going to contribute to it. Duh. You know, like absolutely duh. I just don't like it. And I used to be one of those wayward mountain goats that would be on um, Twitter talking about, wow, discipline is this and discipline. No, the more therapy I had, honestly, and 
the things I discovered about myself and my wounds and just the kind of childhood that I had, I wouldn't want to inflict that on another person. I wouldn't want to inflict that on a child. And so I'm just actively looking at other ways that you can um, provide structure for children without going ahead and just whacking them up. Like who are you, who, what, who are you whacking them up for exactly? You know, it's not for them. Like what, what, what benefit is it to the child to get beaten and to have their body violated in that way? Because that's another human being. That's another human being's body that you're just going in and dragging any which way that you feel um, appropriate because you can't communicate your frustration in a way that is conducive to a healthy relationship. You know, that's not the child's fault. So yeah, it just made me extremely uncomfortable and it made me extremely sad to see all of those things because whether people want to admit it or not, some of us are still working through the wounding of being here as children. Even if we talk about it anecdotally and laugh about certain things, it's still rather raw and sore. And I, and I just, yeah, I hated that video. I hated seeing it. I hated seeing it online. And I just think like, fuck the person who was recording and then felt to upload it. Fuck the father for thinking that this was a way that you treat a child, like go and punch in his face and all of that. What? Cause of fucking grades, cause of grades. And then you're wondering why so many people are out here, hyper-functioning, absolute, you know, closed off human beings because of these things like, oh, I'm only as worthy as the achievements that I have. Wasn't it Will Smith that said you can't achieve your way out of trauma? And that's it. And that's it. People are out here. If you really deep it and sat down, you're resentful towards your parents because it was like, it's either your, you know, you achieve these things or I love you less. Like we've had to trade achievements for love. And then, you know, I find that I can be out in these streets achieving, achieving, achieving. And also I feel like this is what this, um, you know, lockdown time has taught me as well. Who am I outside of my achievements? You know, those are the things that I've been exploring because I only know how to achieve one thing and move on to the next thing that that I'm an achievement junkie. And that is not, um, a, a great way to live your life because, they'll, the achievements will never be good enough. Like they will, the moment that you've done it and if you announce it, you announce it, but the moment you've done it, it's like, ugh, you have that drop in your, in your kind, I don't know, maybe it's your endorphins. You have that drop and it's like, no, I need to do the next thing because you know, I, I, I need to have that achievement. And I don't, you know, breathing in and breathing out in this fucking society is an achievement enough. You know, everything else I do outside of that is great to be able to love people and to be loved. That is a great achievement. And sometimes, you know, not even sometimes every time that is enough, you know, everything else that I do outside is a cute bonus, but I can't be trading when you make love transactional, that is not love. That's transaction. Well, you get what I mean. Like that's sometimes you just have to put things in a very basic way, but it's really true. I don't want a transactional type of love in that way. There is reciprocity in love. That's different. But what would different to what I'm talking about in terms of transactional, that's something um, else. And to have, um, to have love withheld from you to prove a point. Nah, bun that, bun that. So the, I just I, I just wish parents would do better because all they're doing is throwing very traumatized people into an even more traumatic world. And that's not fair. 
So yeah, just wanted to share that when I saw it. And obviously, um, I don't think Trump got hit as a child. Uh, and he's probably one of the people that maybe should have. Anyway, I'm not contradicting myself. Trump is a waste man, is what I want to say. Donald Trump is an absolute waste man. So I don't know if you saw, but there was um, the press briefing last week where Trump basically suggested that people should inject themselves with disinfectant to get rid of the coronavirus and use a UV light as well, because he heard that UV light kills bacteria. So maybe shine that on themselves, maybe in their assholes, in their eyes, in their nostrils, something, use some kind of orifice to shine the light and get rid of the coronavirus. That is an entire president. That's who this fucking um, um, collegiate, whoever, whatever, whatever, voted in. Like, he's the one that they chose. This absolute idiot that takes... So, so what, Dettol? Which one? Which one should people be injecting? And then people... What gets me is that... Um, White men can remain violent and dangerous because society always has to make excuses for said violence. Like they never have to, um, they're insulated from the, um, you know, the, the fallout of their behavior. So Donald Trump says something wild like that. Boris Johnson has said, oh, uh, he, you know, coronavirus is nothing to, to be worried about. I've gone ahead and I've shaken hands with coronavirus patients. Yeah. And then you got coronavirus straight after you absolute complex, you prick. But do you know that both of these people say such wild things and they put other people's lives in danger? When the prime minister of your country saying that, rah, I don't think that coronavirus is a big deal. I've been out here shaking hands with people. The average person would then be like, well, you know, that's fine then. That means that I can go about my business and I can do what I want. And then you're surprised that this number of people are now um, struggling the way that they're struggling. Bad leadership causes death. Yeah. Terrible leadership causes pandemics. That's how I see it. And this is why we've got Trump and we've got Johnson doing a madness and everyone around them is joining in and, and insulating them from the things that they've said. There's been a spike. There's been a severe spike in the number of people who um, have gotten poisoned from trying to inject themselves, I guess, with um, disinfectants since Donald Trump said what he said. Yet people are turning around and going, well, I don't know how you can prove that that had anything to do with what Mr. Trump said. President Trump just made a statement and it was meant to be sarcastic. It was sarcasm. It was sarcasm. It's not his fault that people went and got disinfectant. And no, it, it is his fault. Like it's literally his fault. He said A and they went to go and do A and now we've got B. So therefore it is his fault. But they don't want to admit that because that that's a that's a suing. You know, that's that's litigation. That's we're going to court. You we're going to court. And he clearly doesn't want that. So, and the people around him don't want that. So that's why they're out here going, well, no, 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 no. That's not how he meant it. It is how he meant it. That's the president. You've got him and his wayward um, lace front wig. That's exactly what he meant. And people went to go and do it. And now they're dead. Look at that. So is that also going to be contributed to the COVID-19 stats? I don't know, but maybe it should be because it's an absolute madness. And 
on the subject of all this Koro Koro business, I find it really interesting that the SAGE meetings, the SAGE meetings that happen that, um, and, you know, these are the people that are guiding us about how we should be dealing with the coronavirus. I, yeah, I just don't know how to, what, what to make of it because we're not allowed to know the people who are part of these meetings. And we know that they're scientists and they're, you know, they do this and they do that, but with the, the names don't officially um, apparently have to be disclosed. But we do know, I think we found out recently that Dominic um, Cummings, um, he's on the one of, he's on the advisory group. But yeah, it's weird. I'm going to bring up an article now that I thought um, is interesting. It says here, leaked list reveals presence of Johnson advisor and vote leave ally on supposedly independent body. So the prime minister's chief political advisor, Dominic Cummings, and a data scientist he worked with on the vote leave campaign for Brexit are on the secret scientific group advising the government on the coronavirus pandemic, according to a list leaked to The Guardian. It reveals that both Cummings and Ben Warner were among 23 attendees present at a crucial convening of the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, that's what SAGE stands for, on March 23rd, the day Boris Johnson announced the nationwide lockdown in a televised address. Multiple attendees of SAGE told The Guardian that both Cummings and Warner had been taking part in meetings of the group as far back as February. The inclusion of Downing Street advisors on SAGE will um, raise questions about the independence of its scientific advice. There's been growing pressure on Downing Street in recent days to disclose more details about the group, which provides scientific advice to the upper echelons of um, government during emergencies. Both the membership of SAGE and its advice to ministers on the COVID-19 outbreak is being kept secret. Warner, a data scientist, was reportedly recruited to Downing Street last year by Cummings after running the Conservative Party's general election campaign model. He's also said to have worked closely with Cummings on the data modelling used um, in the Vote Leave campaign in the UK to leave the European Union. The government's former chief scientific advisor, Sir David King, said he was shocked to discover that there were political advisers on stage. What? You're a liar. You're a liar. What do you mean you were shocked? Of course that they would be there, and that's the whole reason that they're keeping a lot of this quiet, because... They all have vested interests in what's happening right now. So when Sage now turn around, like how transparency is a major pillar for any democracy. I do not believe that we live in a democratic society if we are not allowed to know things like this. That's very, very important. Like who is advising us? Because constantly these motherfuckers keep turning around every time they say something. Well, we've been led by the science on this one. So, 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 so I know, we know that initially we said that you could go and, you know, party with 5,000 people. But then, you know, we thought about it. and We were led by the science to now believe and to... And, and what we said at the time was right at the time because we were led by the science of the time that was right. Nothing makes sense, but everyone is trying to escape accountability by saying that they were led by the science. The next time you watch a briefing, clock how many times they say that they're being led by science and they're listening to their scientific advisors because all of it is bullshit and all of it is lies. Everyone has a vested interest that's part of this committee because if it was so, if it was so legit, if nothing was awry, 
Let us know the names of the people that are part of it. Oh, we don't want them to be um, susceptible to being influenced and their decision-making process be skewed. You're a liar because their decision-making process is being skewed right now by you not letting us know who they are because they could be getting money from any man. So when they turn around now and go, um, lock down, lock off, everyone go back outside. Do we know that it's it's, um, essentially safe to go or have they been tired of all of this or have they been paid off to now be like oh you know what actually let this herd immunity thing ride out you know we will be safe because we've got we've got money and we'll protect ourselves but let these you know let these lot go let these cattle go outside and, and kill themselves off i don't know but i just find it very very interesting that a major player in all of this stuff we're not allowed to know in terms of major player being sage, you know, and the people who form it, we're not allowed to know who these people are because I would, I would like to be able to look into the advice that you've given previously for the fact that some of you were even there doing Brexit, Brexit. I already don't feel comfortable with you being present. I already don't feel like comfortable with you being part of those meetings yet. We're not allowed to know. And this is getting brushed under the carpet. And I just think that there should be an inquiry done into how all of this was handled once, you know, all of this settles down. An inquiry needs to be done because many madnesses took place from, if you're saying that people were meeting from February, you didn't um, announce this lockdown until March 23rd. So in that time, what were you doing? You were going to, you were, Boris was going on holiday, living his best life, um, impregnating women, you know, just out here, you know, living lavish, doing whatever he was doing. Yet the rest of us were out here. When one of those um, professors was asked in one of the briefings even about the correlation between the football match when Madrid came over to Liverpool, whatever, she didn't want to address it. And she was just like, oh, well, it'll make an interesting hypothesis later on. You're a bitch, you're a dickhead because people's lives aren't out here for you to be hypothesizing. Like people are dying. What, What is your problem? And I'm sure she's probably on it as well, but I don't know. Allegedly, I don't know. But my issue is the fact that you're having these secret meetings, a secret meetings that have an incredible influence on how we are dealing with all of this. Yet we're not allowed to know who's on um, the um, the um, committee. It's fucked. It's absolutely fucked, and it smells extremely fishy to me. But I just wanted to share that anyway. So I'm just making sure because sometimes I go so fast in these things, I miss um, the notes to myself. Okay, cool. So we can move on to straw of the week, aka suck your mum. My first uh, straw of the week, obviously, we all saw it happening online um, with Hill House Vintage, um, aka Mrs. Paula Sutton, um, who's doing vintage chic keeping it very cute over there where she's at to give you um a back story on it Paula Sutton has a Instagram page called Hill House Vintage and she posts pictures of herself you know in very rural uh, settings you know she does interior design and that's her whole zhuzh that's her whole look and it's cute or whatever she you know she's doing what she's doing anyway Liv Siddle who um, from what I've seen on her bio said that she let me see if I took a screenshot of her bio because I don't want to tell no lies it says here I don't know why I'm doing those weird accents, actually. Um, but I've got to find her, um, what her page said, because I think that that's important. Did I not save her page? You know, this is how I'm wayward sometimes, you know. 
Sometimes I don't save these things and I really should. But from what I remember, her page said that she was a story editor at WeTransfer. And I've noticed those stories on WeTransfer when I've gone to send um, my episodes to Brent whenever, you know, they need to be edited and stuff. And I've always thought that they were somehow, I mean, yeah, you see some, some black faces there, but I just always thought they were somehow, but maybe I'm just linking things that aren't linked. Anyway, like I said, Hill House Vintage, Mrs. Paula Sutton, um, Paula Sutton or as she's known now, Auntie Paula, was uh, posted a picture of herself where she's on a picnic uh, blanket and she's outside her house, her very pretty big house um, in the countryside. And she's got a, you know, a hat on, a straw hat on, and she's holding a book and she's holding an apple. You can see that the, with the composition of the picture, it's not realistic. It's not naturalistic. It's just meant to be cute. It's just meant to be for, you know, to just be cute. Do you get me? So Liv now crops, takes takes the picture, screenshots the picture, crops out the name. So you can't see the name of, um, see Paula's name, see anything about her, just the picture and her house. But her house is very distinctive. The picture is very distinctive. Like even I knew who it was once I looked at it. And I, at that point I wasn't even following um, Paula. So Liv now writes, deleted Instagram today for the first time ever. Eight years. Don't know when I'll be back, but let it be known that this was the image that did it. Don't get me wrong, yeah? Auntie Paula's house bangs. It's cute. It's cute. This image, I don't see what is necessarily so offensive about it. She's got a large lawn and she's um, sitting at the front of it and just posing. So this black woman, Paula Sutton, is minding her business in Norfolk somewhere, taking her cute photos, doing what she's doing. You as a white woman who seems to be successful from what I see from where you work and all the things that you've done, you saw that and you were just like, yep, this is the image that's going to take me off social media. Before I go into my personal dragon and tell her all the ways that I want her to suck her mother, let me just read one of the letters that came through. It says, hi, Kelechi. I just saw your Instagram stories. I honestly believe there's something ingrained into white women that festers hateration. They refuse to let black women be happy or at the very least be happier than them. That is a word. The women even admitted that Um, The woman even admitted that she had seen privileged people enjoying their lives during lockdown and it didn't incite the same reaction. But when it's um, a black woman living her life, her life must end. Her venom for this post was a manifestation of her disappointment that her ancestors' manipulation of society has failed to place her in a more advantageous situation than the black woman. Um, The same thing happened to Alicia Dixon when she took a picture of her family in the garden. They first all accused her of failing to adhere to social uh, social distancing rules. And when she clarified that she was in her backyard, ha, please God, do my own, do my own. What do you mean? Wait, Alicia Dixon was in her backyard and people thought that she was out in a park. I said, Jehovah Jireh, do my own. Amen. Anyway, back to the letter. It says, um, they first all accused her of failing to adhere to social distancing rules. And when she clarified that she was in her backyard, she was then accused of being insensitive and showing off that she was, she has a big garden when so many others don't. All she did was take a picture with grass in the background. These are the same people who by force must leave their house to lie in the sun and have tried to weaponize sneezing and coughing. With all the, um, with all the examples of financial inequality, this is the cross they decided to die on. Unnecessary harassment of black people when BAME communities are dying at a disproportionate rate is a hate crime. Kind regards, 
thank you, babe. And I hope that you're staying safe yourself, baby girl. So, yeah. Wow. There are so many things to unpack and unpick here. I don't know if I will go into all of them because Lev is back from his walk. But what I will say is that these people see so many images. These white women see so many images, so many daily, not a problem. The moment a black woman emulates in any way or surpasses in any way this um, aesthetic, then there's a problem. Then there's a, there's a way that you need to pick it apart. And this isn't the first black woman influencer, Instagrammer that we've seen that people have come for because no, I just think that her life is too nice. I want to find inconsistencies. I want to chat shit about her. It's really nasty and it's just really, really vile. And I dislike all of it. I dislike everything that's happening. Initially, like I looked at it and I was just like, oh, I, I, I hope our good sister didn't vote Tory. But that was that was immature of me. Like I can't work out her political leanings just by looking at picture. But obviously the pictures signify to me certain things and certain ideologies that that's my personal problem. That's nothing that I'm bringing to her. But out of principle, I had to ride out. Out of principle, I had to call live out on the nonsense that she was doing. And I'm glad that so many of us did the same thing. Obviously, you know, the other white women chimed up and they were like, this is a mob. This is a digital mob. Shut the fuck up. Why is it every time that black people mobilize to call out a fuckery, you guys turn around and go, Mob, mob, mob. Yeah, if the mob is short for mobilised, then yeah, we could talk about that. But if you're calling us a mob, as in we're out here with bloodlust wanting to kill people, then you're mad. Then you're very, very mad because this was unfair. And whether you can say, oh, well, I didn't know that it was a black woman just by looking at the photo, but she knew. She knew, Liv knew that it was a black woman. That's why she went through all of the trouble of cutting it, cropping it before she put the image out. She knew the page that she was taking it off. And it was just very mean-spirited that you would take somebody's photo. They're minding their business, doing what they're doing. You would take their photo and make no, um, no kind of um, co- comment or, you know, to them that, I don't know. You just took their photo and moved it onto another platform. You saw the photo on Instagram, took it onto Twitter to be like, this is the photo that did it for me. Why can you not be happy for other people's success? Like, why are you such an enemy of progress? Why? The woman's just minding her business. There's been so much talk about wealth and opulence and this and that. You don't even know how much the house costs. Like, just because things look a certain way doesn't mean all the things that you guys are putting on it, all the labels that you're adding, leave people alone. Just leave them alone. You don't know what they're going through. So much was happening there. And I just really disliked the way that everyone was turning into, oh, here, here the blacks go, here the blacks go attacking this woman. No, she was the one that threw the first stone and now she's hiding her hand. No, you can't do that to people. You can't be making fun of people. And especially because then people came in the comments and basically refer, um, refer to Paula Sutton as a cunt. And you, fam, White women hate the word cunt. Like the white women I've come across, if you say the word cunt, oh my God, they start shivering. They start convulsing. They start, they start, they, they, their software starts to really get glitchy when you say the word cunt. But 
when the word cunt was being used in to describe Paula in, uh, you know, for posting this image, she had no issue with that. That was fine. People were coming out, oh yeah, you know, she's just doing too much, all that wealth, all that wealth. But you follow Victoria Beckham, you follow all of these other people, Gwyneth Paltrow and them, man, Ellen DeGeneres, you follow all of these people when they're showing their wealth, you don't have a problem. But when this alleged wealth, as you perceive it to be, when you see it and it's a black woman, oh no, we've got to tell her about herself. No, that's not how this works. Take your energy to Gal Gadot and all of them man that were singing, imagine all the people. Take your energy to them and leave black women the fuck alone. So that's not where it ends. Um, Liv now comes and she says, comes back, she deletes the tweet um, that she wrote about Paula. She comes back and she says, deleted Instagram. To, um, no, I'm still reading the wrong one. I'm going to tell you she deleted Instagram today. She says, I just deleted a silly tweet I did last night. It was a joke about me being anxious from wealth fatigue and lush gardens, etc., on Instagram, but realized now it came across as a kind of attack. Ugh. White women, come and get your girl. Come and get your girl. And I really hope that she's got someone in her life that can sit down with her and basically line for line, tell her how all of this that she's written is a fucking problem. I just deleted a silly tweet. Let's start there. The way that white women, same as white men. So generally we just talk about white people. The way that they make their violence diminutive and call it silly and, oh, it's just banter. Oh, oh, you're the one reading into it. That's not what I meant. It wasn't a silly tweet. It was a racist tweet, babe. Let's call it what it was. It was a violent tweet. It was a very, very violent tweet. Don't call it silly. And this is the thing. If you think it's silly, it's because you are unaware of the severity of your own violence. Like you are clearly unaware of it because again, it's about the weaponization of white femininity. You can just do things and be like, oh, it's just so silly. Meanwhile, other people are suffering for what you've done. Everyone was happy to ridicule and, and laugh and kiki with you until we came for their asses and, and really put smoke on those under those asses. Now, look it's not silly at all it was very nasty it was very mean-spirited so she goes I just deleted a silly tweet I did last night it was a joke about me how was it a joke about you because you were making a joke of somebody else so let me just explain something to you to me race will never supersede class and I know some people think that when they get to a certain class that they can transcend race <coughs> Kanye um, but you cannot, it's not possible. And that's why you're now stressing out and wearing Make America Great Again hats because you've realized that as much as you try, you cannot stop being black simply because you've, you're now the second rap billionaire or whatever the fuck that even means during this time, Forbes, Mag. But when you see somebody that's wealthy as you perceive it to be, and you are a white woman and they're a black woman, because of the way that society set up, that's not you punching up. That still remains you punching down. It really does because of the specific violences that black women face in this society. Even when you perceive them to be wealthier than yourself or having better than you have, you going to make any sort of jest um, around their life will still be punching down as far as I'm concerned. That That is just what it is. It simple. And I just wonder where white women get this energy whenever it's black people. It's the same when Beyonce announced her pregnancy and I think it was the pregnancy with the twins. 
and somebody went and really used all the time that they could have used to wash their legs, could have used to season their food. All of these things they did not do because they wanted to use this time to write an article about what's the big deal even about Beyonce being pregnant? Why does that need to be plastered anywhere and thrown down our throat? Because black women are more likely to die during childbirth disproportionately in comparison to white women. That's why it's a fucking big deal. For the fact that after Beyonce had preeclampsia when she was now going to give birth to those children, that's why it's a fucking big deal because birthing is a miracle in and of itself. But birthing while black, raw. Ra, that is a madness just on its own. And we thank God that people are protected and they make it through, you know, that that very weird um space where you're teetering the line between life and death when you're bringing life into the world. Black women making it through that, who we thank God. Yeah. So that's why it's a big deal. But because Beyonce was flourishing, glowing, doing what she was doing when she was performing with her bump and her her crown and everything, you just got so vexed. Why? Why are you there vexed? Why are you there hot? Calm down. Eh? Calm down. Take a cup of tea. Yeah. And if none of that works, suck your mother. Yeah, do that because all of this is always race will always come back to it no matter. And fuck all of you coons as well, because that's where I'm going with this next. Fuck all of you fucking shucking and jiving dickheads that want to turn around and be like, oh, well, look at my black people again going to go um, and attack and tear a white woman down all for nothing. It was just a harmless joke. It was it didn't mean anything. It was just a harmless joke. But this is black people doing what black people do. I don't know what you've internalized that makes you hate your blackness so much. But please don't speak to the rest of us Shut your dusty mouth Turn your ashy face Towards the light that you like That's light and bright Turn it towards that white Yeah Turn it that way Don't bring it to us Stay where you're Don't speak on us Mind your business Because those of us Who know these signs Who can pick up these very, very quick signs This is how we've survived this long Because we pick up on those nuances We pick up on those signs And we know what's being said yeah, she would have never done this with a picture of another white person. She would have never done this with a picture of another white woman. Yeah, and that's why we are here. And that is why the dragging was necessary. Is that whole country vibe my judge? No, but it doesn't have to be because black women should be able to express themselves in the myriad of ways that exist within this life and maybe in ways that don't even exist yet. They can bring it forth and bring it into the world. They can create whatever the fuck they want and live beautifully and joyfully within what they've created without being ridiculed, without having to explain to somebody else why they are still black, even though they like this thing. So again, you know the useless activist, as she calls herself, that I can't stand, the award-winning activist that I cannot fucking stand. You know she's only doing all of these threads and everything and attacking black women that look to have better lives than she does, that look like they moisturise more than she does. She only does these things because she wants engagement for her book. Don't give that useless girl engagement, please. Don't interact with that. She's a very, very nonsensical witch. She's a witch. Yeah, don't don't even... I wouldn't even call her a witch because there, there, are, there are witches there that bang. She's a demon. Leave her there with her demonic ways. She's nasty and she only has energy for black women. She should take that energy to go and deconstruct why she still thinks that political blackness is relevant in this day and age. And I st- I've said it in other episodes and I still stand by the fact that she needs to go and suck her mother. She's a very, very vitriolic, nasty black woman, the kind of black woman that I would not want to be associated with in any way whatsoever. And for the fact that she came with energy to start trying to um, cuss Paula and say, saying, oh yeah, you know, we're all making 
a big deal of a tweet just so we can tear white women down. We already know who your allegiance is with. Go there, go there and fuck off and leave us a glow like, go and suck your mother, you award-winning activist. Go and suck your mother, do that. Fuck off, just piss off. But anyway, back to this tweet, you know, so it was a joke. Well, the joke wasn't funny. The joke didn't bang. Really sorry about that. Um, it was a joke about me being anxious from wealth fatigue. Wealth fatigue. What is that? Call it jealousy. Yeah. And I understand wealth fatigue when we're looking at what is it in front of us in terms of all of these billionaires, millionaires going, oh my God, this feels like prison when they're sitting cross-legged in a fucking mansion. You could talk about those things. Take your energy again towards your white people. Do that and talk about wealth fatigue. Don't bring it this way where I don't even see the necessary like massive opulence that you man see it's just a cute cute house in Norfolk like and the woman puts her clothes together nicely and she's just doing what she's doing I don't know if I don't know why that was the straw that broke your rascal back and then you then not only did you just you couldn't just unfollow or delete your Instagram quietly this is the issue as well you couldn't do it quietly you wanted to make a fanfare of it and you wanted to get what retweets and likes and ha-has off the back of a black woman it's violent and so many ways like this is the problem with it and that's why you got called out for it Oof. then she goes on to um um but i realized now it came across as kind of an attack not kind of an attack it was an attack but it certainly wasn't yes it was you're not going to come and tell us what it was yes it was um taking feedback on board but have you really if you're saying that it really wasn't an attack when we clearly saw that it was um, and I'll think before tweeting next time. Mm, but the thing is, you did think. So all of this, oh, well, I didn't realise it was just a silly tweet. I wasn't thinking I'm just an innocent white woman. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. fuck off. Fuck off. In 2020, white women, start owning your violence. Yeah, start owning your violence. So stop hiding behind white femininity. Own the fuckery that you do. Because it's only from when you stop infantilizing yourselves and admit to your wrongdoings that we can actually start to build a relationship that can be based on trust. Until then, everybody back the fuck up. So, um, I'm not done um, on this particular uh, dragging. I told her she should, with her apology, she should go and actually apologize to the person that she was trying to mock. She should go and do that instead rather than coming to write statements to us. But obviously the statement was necessary as well. But what I thought was cute was the way that everybody wrote out for um, Paula. Like I said, it doesn't have to be your aesthetic. It doesn't have to be the kind of things that you necessarily um, would usually follow. But just to show support, um, everyone got together and was just like, yeah, this can't run. And they did what they needed to do. And I will always um, appreciate that. And I noticed that Auntie Paula's following went up by like tens of thousands while all of this was happening. But you know what was the cutest thing about this? She didn't even know it was happening. Like she she only realized when people were arriving and following her and following her. And I think that that's sometimes cute. Us not tagging people in the fuckery, just going and showing support and just being there ready. Like what? We're good to go. Yeah. Focus the energy on the person that's moving mad while insulating and protecting the person that's rightfully deserving of that insulation and protection, not stupid white men who are running countries. Um, so I'm just going to find that. I'm trying to find you the um, post actually that summed it up because again, you know, the insecurity of um, white women can actually very much harm us um, as black people and I'm not, I'm not with it. So where is this? 
Paula now posted, I found it. Paula Sutton now posted a picture. Um, first of all, before she posted the picture, she actually DM'd me and I know that she messaged other people as well who were supporting her to say thank you. And I just thought that was the nicest thing. I just thought it was just the, the nicest, nicest, most loveliest thing because you're out here talking about, oh, well, as a black woman, um, I can't believe that you're all going to support a black woman that doesn't look like she even identifies um, with black women um, or identifies with the black struggle. You're going to go and show her support all in the name of just wanting to tear down a white woman who just wrote something, a silly tweet. Fuck you, award-winning activist. Fuck you, you fool. You absolute fool. You absolute demon. Because who are you to say who someone um, identifies with and doesn't identify with? Where did you get all of that information? And oh, she's not with the black struggle. Why must we struggle? Why must black women struggle all the time? Why do you want to glamorize struggle? Why do you want to glamorize suffering for black women? Black women are more than suffering. Black women are more than struggle. Black women deserve joy. Black women deserve love. That is what we're focusing on. Black women deserve whatever fucking aesthetic they want to put on Instagram and do what they can do what they want. Yeah. I don't have to necessarily agree with it. It doesn't have to be my vibe, but I will support their right, their birth given, their God given right to do what they want, their divine right to express themselves in the way that they see fit. You're able to express yourself with your ashy knees and your ashy face. So why can't she express herself and wear her little jumpers and wear her little um, Wellington boots? Mind your fucking business. Not everything is about struggle, but you're the same motherfucker that will turn around and be like, oh, well, political blackness, because things we have to think about, you know, race doesn't matter when we have to consider class because I'm working class and I come from, you know, the Midlands or from up north and da, 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 the root. Shut up. Shut up. Because people could, you, you're, you're projecting because of your, um, your perceived blackness and the ways that you feel that you've been left out of blackness. So you're now trying to be a gatekeeper for who and who else can be black. Mind your business. And I'm glad that you got the dragging that you deserve. You crusty, crusty bitch. Anyway, Moving on. So Auntie Paula now wrote, well, it's been the strangest 24 hours that I've ever experienced on social media. It started with a Twitter rant using my picture as an example of what is wrong with Instagram. The author has since contacted me privately and apologized. And I really hope that it was an apology. I really hope it was an apology because from when you're saying, oh, it was perceived as kind of an attack, but it wasn't. I feel like you haven't taken ownership of what you've done. So anyhow, you called this woman and you were there trying to make her feel sorry for you and to coddle you, God punish you if that's what you went in that phone call to do. But I know that Auntie Paula would be too gracious to tell us that that's really what went down. Anyway, she goes on to say, um, and ended with an incredible outpouring of love, support, and kindness that I will be eternally grateful for. I, like many people, started this account to talk about the things in life that make me happy. Architecture, a styled room here, a cushion there, a baked cake, a summer dress or a bunch of flowers. It turned into a space where I felt comfortable to show my face and to also write a little about my feelings of positivity and being grateful and more recently exploring my feelings of loss in losing my mother while still trying to seek out joy. It's always been a safe little corner to explore a creative side that I kept hidden for so long after servicing the creative endeavors of others. I wanted to point out that bit specifically, 
Black women deserve rest. They deserve joy. They deserve love. They deserve fucking rest, yeah? So you're talking about the black fucking struggle, you dickhead, yeah? You're failing to understand that this is a woman who has been out here. Well, I think she worked at L. She's been out here working for years, supporting the careers of other people, putting other people first and being in the shadows herself, supporting other people. Like how many black women do not know that story of being there and supporting everybody else's fucking dream? And then you decide that after years, of doing that, that finally, you know, you want to move out to the countryside and mind your business. You're out here minding your business. And one dickhead comes along, takes a screenshot of your life, posts it to try and make banter and doesn't succeed because other black people come and say, no, 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 we're not having that. And then you come as an op, you, you come as, you know, this op, because you're really just a white face in a black mask yourself. But you come as this op and you turn around and you go, oh, well, why are we supporting her? Well, you know, she doesn't look like she cares about the black struggle. You don't know how she struggled. You don't know other people's lives. Not all of our struggles look the same. Yeah, mind your business. And you are not somebody that should be talking about liberation as for black people or for any uh, marginalized voices. If you want to now be a gatekeeper and say who is deserving of that liberation, if it's if it is not liberation for all, then it is liberation for none. And you, until you recognize that, you're no rascal activist in my eyes. You're just an opportunistic, nasty little snake. That's what you are—a nasty little snake that deserves to suck her mother dry. You prick. So as much as this is a dragging for Liv, because she can suck her mother for posting that picture on Twitter in the first place, it's more of a dragging for the black people who fail to see the importance in this situation, who want to trivialize it all in the way or all in the name of protecting um, white women. Those are the people that I have a problem with because the people that will be our downfall are actually other black people in this cause because black women for some reason, some of them will turn around and not want to support other black women when they're living in a way that looks like it deviates from what they believe blackness and womanhood to be. It really fucks me up. I I really don't get it. But anyway, back to Auntie Paula's statement. So, um, she goes on to say, um, it's always been a safe space in a little corner to explore a creative side that I kept hidden for so long after servicing the creative endeavors of others. I enjoy creating little scenes and stories. I'm inspired by old Hollywood and by the fashion photography of the 1950s and, and 60s. And all of that is reflected in my images. I suppose what I didn't realize in my naivety is that some people look at the pictures without reading all the captions and therefore understanding who I am. These images are meant to be joyful and fun and are styled and created to please the eye. They are a tiny snapshot of what of an otherwise very mundane and normal life. Too shallow for you, perhaps, but I am a firm believer in taking responsibility to find the content that brings you joy and moving on from the things that upset you. I just want to thank each and every one of you who understands that and who came out in droves to follow, cheer on, show solidarity and support. I'm not one to dwell on things, so that's all I shall say on the matter, but thank you from every inch of my heart. With love, Auntie Paula, as it seems I am now known. Look at grace. Look at class. Can you see classy babe? Eh? I won't worry. And you worry. Come and see classy babe. Can you see class? Eh? Because you don't have class. You don't have class. You don't have style. Yeah, you are a ras bitch. You are a ras babe. You are a ras. You are a ras. That's why you don't know style. You are wretched. You don't know class. Because where you see there is class. Yeah? That's what you don't know. Yeah? Because if you knew, you would know madness. I thought that that was very, very, um, 
um, very, very well worded. It was very, very beautifully written. And I just think that all of the things were said and all the people that needed to be dragged were dragged accordingly. And basically, Auntie Paula told you to suck your mothers in a very beautiful way, in a way that I would I don't think that I'm equipped to do. Because she basically said, this is a tiny snapshot of my life. And this is what a lot of people need to understand about social media. Some people have social media pages that they intentionally curate to just show a particular aspect of their life and only that aspect of their life. So you don't know all the other things she does. You don't know if she carries hot sauce in her handbag. You don't know all the other things she does, but this is of a great interest to her. So she curated her page to just reflect this one thing. And you think off this one thing, you can judge all the other aspects of her life. You don't know her like that, B. You don't. You don't. None of us do. Yeah, we can only make assumptions and you went and assumed and made an ass out of yourself because you didn't make an ass out of you and me. You made an ass out of you only. Yeah. Some people just create spaces where they can feel joyful. And like Auntie Paula said, curate the page that brings you joy, you joy. Why do you keep doing things and listening to things like this podcast or going on people's pages that you hate or following people that you can't stand? Why do you keep doing things that upset you? Why do you keep doing things that lowers the vibration of your soul? Why do you want to end up in hell so badly? Why do you insist on living in hell? Why are you doing this to yourself? It reminds me of when everyone was like, oh, she's hiding her partner. She's hiding her partner. No, motherfucker, you just didn't see it because it only goes out on particular mediums. And I've been talking about this for years. I talk about it. I talked about it less once I started changing, um, not even changing, but honing in on what my interests were on social media and leaving everything else that didn't um, focus on that, leaving everything else to be what it is and not you know, engage you with it. It's really simple. People don't show you their entire life and they don't have to show you their entire life and they don't have to come and justify their blackness every five fucking minutes to make you feel comfortable with it. You don't think she's black enough? All right, cool. You don't think she's deserving of liberation? All right, cool. But you know who does? God. God thinks that she's deserving of liberation. God thinks she's deserving of life. And I'm so thankful that some of you motherfucking humans aren't God because things would actually be wild out here. So to all the people that didn't want this woman to live her life, whether you're black, whether you're white, whatever, it doesn't matter if you're black or white, all of you can go suck your mother's, you dickhead. Yeah, that's that. That's what I wanted to say in my straw of the week. The last straw is just simply a letter. I'm just going to read out the letter and keep it moving and mind my business. All right. So this letter um, is, yeah, it's very, it's, it's very interesting. Here we go. Hi, Kalechi. I hope you and yours are doing well during this lockdown. Firstly, I just wanted to say I really appreciate your podcast. I've been listening since the beginning and learned so much from it. And you, you inspire me to speak my mind and not put up with the fuckery. But, but. So today is the first time I've felt really driven to write in. Please see the link uh, to the video here and attach screenshots for context. I am from a small town in Cumbria and myself and my experience, uh, my sister experienced a lot of racism growing up there. My brother's girlfriend added me to a Facebook group titled Cumbria Karaoke Lockdown. It's essentially lots of people in the country, in the county, posting videos of um, of them singing songs really well or not so well during lockdown to spread joy. Then boom, lo and behold, 
I came across a video of a white man using blackface while singing Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. I screenshotted this video as I knew I need receipts. I immediately commented to say that this is racist and unacceptable. And I explained he could have just done this without blacking up. I instantly got removed and blocked from the group. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I posted a status on my Facebook about it and received loads of support from my friends saying they were glad I called it out. And how it's ridiculous that in 2020, people are out here doing blackface for banter. My sister saw it and shared it on her page. She joined the Cumbria karaoke lockdown group and posted there telling the members it's out of order and blatantly racist to do blackface. She received heaps of backlash with all members of the group, white people, calling her a snowflake. They claim it's just a joke and there is nothing to be offended by, so she should just get over it. My sister has written a sick article on it as she is an aspiring journalist. Here it is if you'd like to read I'll be posting um, this for you all to go and look at I'll post it in the caption so you can go and check it out I'm so disappointed by the video but also not surprised I guess it's just really gotten to me as I realize I have a lot of suppressed trauma of experiencing racism in my hometown and I'm hella triggered so glad to have left there and moved to London back in 2011 I just can't believe the caucasity of it all when people are sending me screenshots of comments where members of the group are saying that I overreacted therefore I'd like a straw to go out to all those members of the group from uh, Cumbria that uh, thought the blackface video was funny they can all go suck their mums ignorant pricks peace thanks for taking the time to read this my pleasure my pleasure i agree with you cumbria lockdown karaoke or cumbria karaoke lockdown all of you can suck your mothers yeah and you can use the microphone to do so you pricks because blackface is not funny blackface will never ever be funny i it was funny to you lot in a certain generation and i guess you know you you want to hang on to it but you know what you should hang on to a spice rack a filled spice rack do that and these are the same people that will turn around and be like you know what britain is the least racist country in the world how are you lot Wait, can you take me through the clan top 10? Is this top of the clan? Good evening and welcome to top of the clan. This week we'll be looking at the top 10 racist incidents that have happened around the world and counting down all the way from 10 all the way to number one. But you know who will never be number one? That's right, Britain, because we are the least racist in the world. And then whoever wins, number one, will basically uh, get a white hood and they'll get a spice rack. I've said this on Twitter. They'll get a spice rack and they'll burn it on stage. You know, they'll burn the wooden spice rack on stage. Um, I just I just don't know how people are gauging the racism that isn't affecting them. And I just feel like if a black person is telling you that's racist, maybe take it on board. Maybe consider that what they're telling you is factual from, you know, from their experiences. But white people don't want to hear words. He didn't have to go and black up to do Gangster's Paradise. Been spending most of your life living with a seasoning deficient. It's not a paradise. It's not a paradise. Yeah. So you've been living in a whiteness paradise, been spending most of your life living in a whiteness paradise. Um, it's mad. But like I said, I'm going to add the caption um, or the link of the the article written by this um, person's um, this listener's uh, sister. I'm going to add it to the captions and you can get involved and show support. Um, but yeah, karaoke lockdown and all of you lot, you can go suck your mothers, you pricks in Cumbria pricks. Um, but that's it for this week. 
It's a lot. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, this one alone was. Oh, yeah. You definitely have a lot of content. So nobody should be hollering at, 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 at me about, you know, oh, uh, it wasn't long enough. This was long enough. Yeah. So like I said, you know, look after yourselves. Don't be ashy because there are many, many ashy people out there. And we do not want to be one of them. And big up uh, skillshare.com forward slash straws for sponsoring this week's episode. Like I said, you can go and sign up two months, unlimited membership, go and get your life, get creative. I'm going to get practicing my guitar. Nobody should cry. Nobody should beg when I start strumming my guitar. I think I'm going to call her Michaela. No, I'm not going to call her Michaela. God, no, I'm going to call her Layla. I'm going to call my guitar Layla because I like that name and pretty people always called Layla. So my guitar's called Layla. And yeah, so when I'm strumming Layla at the beginning of these episodes, don't be mad. Don't be mad. I'm just leveling up my skills. Okay. So yeah, that's it for this week's episode of SYM. I have been Kalechi Okafor. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mom. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are gonna sip it, yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind